Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with former NBA player Paul Mokeski. 12 years in the association, Big Mo has seen it all. But boy, we're going to talk about some stuff tonight that that even raises Big Mo's eyebrows as the NBA regular season has come to an end. We got the playing starting tomorrow, Mo, and uh, coaching carousel is on the move now. That thing's just heating up. Lots to talk about. How you doing, big fella? I'm good, man. It's starting to get hot here in Las Vegas up in the 90s like it usually is. All right. You know, I like that, man. That golf, ball travel, that golf ball travels far in the in the uh desert, uh in the desert heat. But speaking of heat, Mo, the, the heat is on in the NBA, man. Uh the regular season came to an end last night. We got some uh coaching situations to get into. I, I really want to talk to you about some of these uh playoff scenarios. I know there's some room for upsets considering how wild the West has been. And I want your thoughts on what's going on in the East. But, but I want to start with a controversy that took place in uh, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves over the weekend. And it's, uh, uh, it's big news because one of their star players, a guy they traded, gave up a bunch of assets for Rudy Gobert, is going to be suspended for the uh, Timberwolves uh, playing game with the Los Angeles Lakers after he punched teammate Kyle Anderson during the final regular season game of the year. Well, he tried to punch him. It was, it was like right. a little girl. It was a girly punch. It was a, yeah. you know, I mean, how childish can you be? You know, you're in a huddle. You know, you're just trying to get through the season and, you know, stay healthy and, uh, you know, words are exchanged, whatever. And, you know, and, uh, you know, when I played, you, did, you took care of that in a locker room, not, not in a huddle, you know. And, you know, I think, I think uh, you know, there's my guy, Chris Finch, right there, who's right in the middle of it, you know, you know looking around like, what, what happened, man? What? what are you guys doing? You know, here he is getting in the huddle. And he hears a jabber, jibber, jabber, and, you know, and then, boop! <laughs> hey, look at this. That was, a, that was a jab and a backup, wasn't it? He was backing up. <laughs> oh, man. So silly. So now, silly. Now, oh, well, first of all, tell us, an uh, uh, NBA huddle can get heated, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. But yeah. typically, t- typically something like that, it doesn't get that far, but you got to go. The guys go back and forth. What What are you discussing during that minute, minute and a half, whatever you may have during that time? You mean the players? Yeah. Well, they're they're obviously winding up to each other about, you know, block some shots or rebound or do this or pass me the ball or, you know, any of that. But you know, they're they're acting like like ten uh, year old kids instead of like professional athletes that. Can, that can sit down and talk and say, hey, listen, you know, uh, uh, you, you need to be, you know, get, get my back. You, you need to be there to protect me. And, and then, I, you know, I can say, hey, you know, but you got to stay in front of your man better so I don't get in foul trouble. Okay, great. Then, okay, whatever. But this is like, this is so ridiculous. It's uh, really sad. And I think it's a sad sign of the NBA, players in the NBA are so sensitive now. They get all sensitive and, you know, they're, they're, you know, and you know there was no threat of a fight there. The guy threw a weak punch and they had separated like always. And I, I noticed there that Gobert backed up like twenty feet after he threw it. So, you know. But you know, but but, but were you surprised? Run, but no, go ahead, go ahead. But in the long run, it hurts the team, right? So I think they won the game anyway. I don't know whatever, but. You know, the team feels like they have to suspend Gobert. It's a team suspension. Um, 
you know, for throwing a punch at a player, which, you know, is probably correct, especially in the huddle and, and during the game. Uh, so, you know, they're pretty much cooked now. So, you know, they were, they're they going to play the Lakers tomorrow night, which is going to be an uphill battle for Minnesota anyway, because I have the Lakers as a strong team right now. And now you've handicapped yourself. So uh, the setup is seven plays eight. The winner gets the seventh spot. And, and the loser takes on the winner of nine and ten, which is OKC and... Uh, um, and New Orleans. So really, those seven eight, you have a buffer, right? So you can lose a game and still win the next game. Well, now, pretty much Minnesota's going to lose the Lakers. Forget about it. Lakers get number seven, uh, and they play uh, uh, they play Memphis, and they're happy about that. And now, Minnesota, you're in a, a one and done now. You're going to play OKC or New Orleans. One game, you lose that, you're done. Your playoffs are over. Uh, and if you win, then you got to play Denver, the number one team. So, you know, it's just bad timing and, and childish behavior all around. Is that something you think, will Chris talk to the team about, look, about what this situation, try to get them refocused? Sure. I mean, you know, first of all, he's going to, you know, he's going to address the situation probably dress the two players individually because there's probably been stuff going on before this uh, and, and then yeah. dress the whole team of, listen, uh, we all have different ideas. Sometimes we all have uh, emotions and we have to keep them in check. We're getting ready to go into playoffs where emotions are high. So technical fouls and ejections in the playoff can lose us a series. Uh, and we need to get our egos in check and our feelings in check. And, and play the game and help our team win. That's what we're here for, to win, not to have petty confrontations. And, and we're moving forward. We don't have no bear. We're going to do, we're going to try and beat the Lakers. We're going to go to, uh, and, and try and beat the Lakers. And then, you know, we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, this has to, has to stop now. I mean, you know, I, I think, are they, uh, they're playing in LA, right? Yeah, they got to go to LA. So they had to get on that. They probably had practice today and had to get on a plane and, uh, um, and, and as a team and, and go to fly to LA, which is a pretty long flight from Minnesota. And then watch, you know, then do a, a breakdown, a scouting report, and video sessions, and, you know, get some rest and get ready to play, you know. But, you know, this is a distraction that you did not need. Yeah. I mean, I. I... I, then, I think, go ahead. And then the other guy, well, I don't know who the guy was, that was frustrated and punched the wall and broke his hand, so he's out. Yeah, uh, uh, McDaniel, Jaden uh, McDaniel. Yeah, so he's not as big a part of Gobert, but he's out, right? So, and, and Chris is probably saying now, you know, this happened, we're two players down, so some guys get the opportunity to step up, step up. You know. <laughs> I, I, it, it is a sign of today's NBA because I get the feeling uh, Don Nelson never had to tell you guys uh, not to get the fighting on in the bench. We got the playoffs coming up. It's not screw this up and get suspended. No, I mean you know we were we all had a purpose and and he was the leader of the purpose and you know. And, you know, we were smart enough. And, you know, if, if, if you don't like someone on the team, just don't talk to them, you know? Don't talk to them and move on, you know? Yeah, and by the way, we want to welcome everybody in tonight. What's Chris, up, Chris? What's up, Chris? Chris Wynn, checking in with us. Welcome, Chris, and welcome to all our viewers out there. Welcome to everybody who's checking us out on Believe.com. That's Believe.com where you get this and all our our shows there at bleav.com. Uh, and uh, Chris wants to know, we're going to get into the playoffs, but since Chris asked so early, what, what do you think, Mo? Well, I think, you know, Denver has been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the West uh, for all the season, Chris. And, you know, they have the talent to maybe get through the West. But like I've said all season long, 
the West is a wild, wild West. I mean, you're looking at uh, teams that can come out of the West, in my opinion. Uh, Denver, yes, maybe. Memphis, probably not. Sacramento, probably not. Phoenix, yes. Clippers, yes. Golden State, yes. Lakers, yes. So, uh, you know, the way this is falling, though, Chris, is um, uh, Denver just will play um, probably Minnesota, maybe New Orleans, maybe OKC. They should get through that that series pretty well. But then they're going to have to play the winner of Sacramento-Golden State, which I believe will be uh, Golden State. And that's another story. Uh, then they'll have to, you know, they'll have to beat Golden State, and then they'll have to, you know, win the uh, the, the winner of uh, maybe the Suns, maybe the Clippers. So it's a tough road for Denver this year. Can they do it? Sure. Um, you know, but uh, you know, there's five teams out there that can come out of the West. I, and, and we're gonna, Chris, we're gonna get into both conferences and. Uh, and, and get more thoughts on on what's happening out, out east too, but I was surprised you can't you kind of skipped over Memphis there, which is going to be the number two seed. You don't think they can they can win? I, I don't think the John the John Moran thing happened. You know he's a great great player and they have a good team, but they've lost their depth and they've lost their Stephen Adams is hurt. He's out. He's done. So you know that physicality. You know, he, he's a guy that's overlooked, seven-foot, physical, looks like Aquaman, you know. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, rebounds, takes up room, space, physical. You know, so, you know, when you're playing other teams, you know, but, you know, when, if you're playing the Lakers and LeBron or AD or whoever driving in the paint, they don't want to see Aquaman there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, so he's not going to be there. That hurts them. That, that's a good point. And he's a smart player, too, bro. He's been around. He knows what to do out there. He accepts his role. Rebounds, physical, scores when needed, doesn't take bad shots. And and he's gone for the season. Because they were – Memphis, for most of the year before he got hurt, was a well-rounded team. But he's out. There's a big hole in the middle now in Memphis. Yeah. So that, there you go, Chris. Uh, appreciate you uh, uh, checking in with us, Mo. But, Mo, we're not we, – you know – we're not even with the fight yet. You thought you thought yesterday was the only fight? Did you really think yesterday was the only melee on the sidelines? <laughs> I mean, it it was. You know what? Too like like this was you know uh, Plumley and and you know the other guy that that was more of a violent altercation. That was more of a violent altercation than the Gobert and none of them got suspended. I don't think, but. You know that, you know, uh, the guys and the guy got in, in Plumley's face. I mean, you know, the, that's things you you don't do. You can have an argument, disagreement. You can you can yell, but you don't get in the guy's face. You know, and and that's what he did. He's he got in his face like he wanted to fight. You know, so you know the Clippers haven't been right all year though. Let's face it, they have one of the deepest, most talented teams. But they haven't been right on. There's something wrong with that team, um, and and that that right there shows. You know when that comes out, you know, and uh, you know it's it's interesting to see Westbrook in that right there, right? <laughs> he, he's trying to yeah. separate them a little bit. That's you know he he wants he wants to get back in the playoffs and, and beat the Lakers. So you know, but uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a long season. Listen, 82 games, eight months travel. Uh, you know, up and down time zones, all that. But you know, you're on the home stretch. You should you should be focused on the playoffs. You shouldn't be focusing on what happened in that damn game anyway. You know? Yeah, because you do you get pissed off at your teammates, and you get Absolutely. on each other because you're like a family. Eighty-two games, all that time together. You're probably with your teammates more than your family during the season. Well, just like a family, so uh, you know. Clippers evidently are, a, are a, a dysfunctional family because in a real family, you have a disagreement, you get mad at each other, you talk it out, and, and you come to a conclusion or, or, or you fix it, right? In a, in a semi, you know, in a non-functional semi family, you have a disagreement and you scream and yell at each other and you don't listen to each other. In a real dysfunctional family, you have a disagreement and we fight. And we punch each other. So pick one. 
pick an MBA dysfunctional family or what level you're on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I hadn't really heard the details of that, but I guarantee you, Plumley was on the right side of that. That guy is a pro, man. I think he's been in the league nine or 10 years now. Saw him play here in Detroit. All he does is play to the best he can. He, he's like he's like Adams. He's like Adams. Yep. He knows yeah. his goal. He's going to play the right way. I'm going to tell you, too, in my opinion, on both arguments, right? So you got Rudy Gobert and uh, guard wing, you know, a center and a wing or guard. You got Plumley, the center, and another guard or wing. And I guarantee you that the freaking little guy was saying, why don't you rebound better? And the big guy, like I would do, is say, why don't you stay in front of your man and play to better defense so I get foul trouble? <laughs> well, I don't have to step over the top and block a shot or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but at this time yeah. of the season, you know, listen, it's going to be it's so to win an NBA championship or even be in the running, you got you got to be healthy, you got to be focused, you got to be on an upswing. You got to be lucky. You got to stay uh, uninjured. A lot of things you have to do. So anything you do that distracts from it is not helping your cause at all. Yeah. yeah. No. No. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Well, let's talk about uh, before we get to some playoff prediction. We got some coaching moves uh, going on, and uh, here in Motown, after five seasons. Uh, Dwayne Casey, who came here as NBA Coach of the Year, is uh, is stepping down after five seasons. Uh, Pistons seventeen to sixty five this year. Uh, Kay Cunningham, I think he may have played four or five games this year before he uh, injured his leg and's out out for the whole year. Uh, they just even when the team was at full strength, you know, it, it wasn't a playoff team. But anyway, he's being kicked to the front office. And uh, Paul, I, I think Casey's a good coach, and I think the Pistons realize that we got to make a change and get somebody else in here. But this guy knows what he's doing. He's just in one of those situations. Sometimes you make a move to make a move. So... Casey's a great coach. He's been coach of the year. He knows what he's doing. He had nothing to do with the roster. He had nothing to do with what injuries happened. Uh, he, he was depleted. His roster, camp, he thought, how are we going to win any games with this roster? He didn't put it together. The general manager puts that stuff together. And, uh, you know, he had nothing to do with the injuries. But that's that's, that's uh, coaching business in, in basketball. I've been in it for 23 years. And, you know, uh, you know, here's in the NBA. Here's what happens, right? If you have a, if your team struggles, number one, your assistant coaches get fired. Number two, your head coach gets fired. Number three, your general manager gets bumped over, and number four, the players are addressed. That's the order in which they're work. Mm -hmm. So that's just you know, you're. I, I learned a long time ago when you're a coach, unless you're Popovich or you know someone of that stature, you're you're hired to be fired, especially in the NBA. And there's been many coaches in the NBA that were coach of the year one year and fired the next year. It's happened multiple times. So, uh, you know, and it's unfortunate because it's none of his fault, right? But, hey, luckily, I mean, luckily for him, he had a good contract because he's not getting cut loose. He's getting bumped up to the front office. And if I was talking to him and, you know, I, and if that was me, by the way, I would say, okay, now it's time for me to move into the front office and get another 15 years of, of a nice job. You make me vice president of, of uh, whatever you want. <laughs> you know, and who knows? I mean, they're going to have pretty much the same roster. So how many games are they win this year? It's 17 to 65. Yeah. So next year, you're going to hire somebody else. Who knows? Pick a name, right? Mark Jackson, uh, Frank Vogel. Sam and that's Vogel, what I was going to ask you. What? I don't, pick a name. And you know what? Best case scenario, they win 22 games next year. So, so what? <laughs> you know, but you know, or you know, so, so if you're looking at the NBA carousel, right? I, I looked at some names now. Quinn Snyder was 
the hot name. He was in Utah. He got picked up by Atlanta, right? So Detroit's open. Houston's open. You got the guys that names are out there all the time. Mark Jackson, who did a great job at Golden State. He's been an announcer for years. Um, Frank Vogel, who was with the Lakers and got fired, uh, but he's had a good career. Sam Cassell is an up-and-coming uh, assistant coach that I believe needs a chance uh, to get a head job. Terry Stotts, who was in Portland, um, uh, and Mike D'Antoni, who's named the past round forever, or they go with an assistant coach or someone that's younger, uh, you know, and, and, and take a flyer on someone like that. And, and speaking of, you kind of mentioned Stephen Silas uh, won't be back in, um, in, in Houston, uh, uh, another young coach, with a roster very similar to what they have, in, you know, in, in Detroit. Um, uh, and, and his kind of, unlike Casey, who had years left on his contract, he didn't have any more money on his contract, so he just was not bumped upstairs. He was... Yeah. Uh, not renewed. So, see you later. <laughs> yeah. And Steve Schroeder's checking in. What's what up, up, Steve? How you doing, man? Uh, uh, Here, here's a coaching name I'll throw out there for you too, right? Uh, Becky Hammonds. Woo! Assistant coach with the Spurs. She won a championship here in Las Vegas with the Aces. Um, she won a summer league championship with the Spurs in, in Vegas a few years back. And she is a she might be the first female head coach in the NBA. And I'm not so sure, you know, Popovich, Coach Pop in San Antonio is going to hang him up pretty soon. Um, you know, I, you know that could happen too. So there's a name to look. Like she and she's just getting inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame too, by the way. Uh, Chris, Chris is checking back in. He said a combo of Indiana, who the Pistons will have a chance to get in the draft. Kate Cunningham, Ivy, and Jordan. Cunningham, Ivy, and Jordan, they're three good young players. They are a, a, a good young group. But I, I'm taking your word on Wimbiana, Paul. I remember what you said. He might be a great player, or he might be. Porzingis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, and you've he, seen him play. Up close. I've seen him in person. I saw a clip the other day that was phenomenal in, in France. He's playing in the first division. France He's playing well, which is a, it's an okay league over in Europe. It, it, uh, uh, Spain is better. Um, uh, uh, Italy is better, but France is a pretty good league and he's playing well. There's a clip of him missing the three-pointer and following the shot and catching it way out here and dunking it back in, which is something not many people can do, but, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, that group, the problem is, you know, when, when Deanna is young, they're all young, you know, so that's, I used to say that in the draft room, we're drafting these players. We're not going to be around to coach them. <laughs> but by the time they're ready to play in two or three years, we'll probably be fired. So, um, you know, it would be an exciting uh, group there in Detroit though. Um, so. And I don't think you would have to go with maybe a younger coach that, you know, can develop them maybe. And, and, and Mo, I saw that video, that that video of Wimbiana missing the three, grabbing it. Uh, that has been circulating. But as a scout, do, do, you, do you look at that? You just look at that, okay, that's a good play. Well, here's I don't even evaluate far beyond that one little splash play. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you know, he's had many plays, like, but you know, here's you know, so that that shows his athleticism, his bounds, his willingness to go get a rebound. But also, here's something for you: that was from the FIBA three-point line, which is about a foot and a half shorter than the NBA line. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so you know, but uh, you know. I mean, the guy's got skill and, you know, he could be a franchise maker or, you know, I mean, but, but let's, let's, let's look like the MVP of the Euro championships a few years back was a young player that won the championship and he got MVP. I think he was 19 years old or 20. His name was Luca. And Luca is a phenomenal player in Dallas. They're not even in the playoffs. Hmm. So, you know, 
It's a long way to go for one player to make a big difference. Well, 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 with Rihanna, what do you like about him? If you're scouting him, what you've done, what would you go back and tell your team? Okay, this is what I like. This is what worries me. Well, I would say, you know, because everyone looks at him and, and, you know, he's got a great handle and he can dribble the ball. No, not really. Can he rebound the ball, bring the ball down against semi-pressure and make a good decision, good pass? Yes. Can he handle the ball with, in pick and rolls and with pressure on him? Not yet. No. You know, but so, so you know, so don't over, over exaggerate what he can do. Um, he's got really deep three-point range. And he's got that release higher than Dirk's, so no one can block it. Um, uh, he's he's fearless. He's really, really skinny, uh, but he's really, really long. Uh, and he's not afraid of contact, and he's not afraid of, of uh, you know, getting his nose bloodied in there, so that's going to get better. Uh, his low post game is not very good. And by low post, I okay, quiet down. I know there's no low post play now. Low post now in the NBA is about 15 feet out with your back to the basket like LeBron does and all that. He really doesn't have that game in him yet. Could he get it? For sure. Um, uh, uh, he's got a quick release, great touch. And the thing that, that no, no people aren't talking about that really stood out to me that I would bring up if I was a scout and I was pitching him in the draft room, he is a very, very, very good shot blocker. And there's, 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 Okay, shot blockers, there's good shot blockers, and there's very, very good ones. And the very, very, very good ones have great timing. They can block shots without fouling and not swat it out of bounds and get it back. Bill Russell, right? And he has that in him that a lot of people don't mention. I saw it firsthand. That's one of the things that stood out to me. He can block shots without fouling. And, and damn, man, he, he's 7'4", but he reaches up. He's, he's 10 feet. So, uh, you know, that's something that I would pitch of. Don't over, you know, don't oversell his dribbling and all that, but don't undersell his value as a defender and rim protector. Now, he's going to get beat up. He's going to be out physical, but he can still block shots at 7'4 and 10-foot reach. So I would sell that, too. And, and he, never, he never got shook. His well, we got IQ, His basketball IQ is high. When I watched them, the Ignite players here in the G League, that's a young G League team, they all tried to physical push them, get them frustrated, and he never got frustrated. So he wouldn't be Gobert, who's French, by the way, who I saw next to Wayame, um, uh, who he's taller than Gobert and longer, which is freaky because Gobert's a freak, but he would have never thrown a punch in the handle because <laughs> he wouldn't have been frustrated. Uh, Mo, we got we got a lot of comments here I want to get to, and I thank you guys uh, 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 for checking in with them. I'm just wondering, do you like him? Do you like Wimbiana? Uh I, I want to read one. Chris, uh, he said a lot of people uh, uh, describe him as a skinny Giannis. No. And do you like him, the rookie at at at? Uh, uh, OKC that got hurt, and now his name escapes me from Gonzaga. Um, I think of his name. He, he got hurt this year. Oh, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Who didn't play a game here? Yeah. Um, right. Uh, I don't think I don't think he's uh, a young Giannis. I, I don't think he's uh, like that young. Giannis was super, super. Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Chet Holmgren. But Giannis was 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 really skinny, but but more Giannis was like a athletic skinny guy that became a stronger physical presence. Get to the basket. Uh, uh, Wiyame is uh, he's not that. He, he's never going to be uh, drive to the basket, dunk on people with strength guy. So I don't, you know, he, he's you know he, he's more like Chad Holmgren, you know, from Gonzaga that got hurt, you know. But taller and longer. <laughs> wow. Um, Dana Smith. Hey, Dana. Thank you for checking in. Hey, Great Dana, show. What are your thoughts about the NIL endorsements in college? Dick Vitale commented about uh, the college portal. 
Well, Dana, you know, like, you know, NIL is what it, where it's at in college, and players are going. It's going to give players an option rather than go to the NBA or G League. You can make, you know, 500000 a million dollars and staying in college now. And in my opinion, I mean, I didn't have that option, but I love my four years at Kansas. And I would love to stay there just to test and, and uh, enjoy the spring uh, spring break. And if I could make seven hundred thousand a million for that year, I would be even more the better. But it's really putting an advantage back on the uh, the uh, higher level teams because the Kentuckys and the North Carolinas and those teams can uh, their their uh, alumni are richer, and there are more of them that can support the NIL for their teams and get better players. Now, the, what you said there about Dick Vitale and the college board and the, and the transfer portal is what equalizes everything. Because you see, there's almost 2,000 players from college in the transfer portal this year. Four players from Kansas have, are in the transfer portal. So players get, get frustrated and they just want to move. And now there's, great, there's good players that you can get on your team. Look at uh, San Diego State and look at UConn. They all have th at least three transfer portals from, that came in a year ago. This year were new and were main parts of their teams. And that's how they, that's how you can build a team quickly with the transfer portal. It used to be you built your team quickly by getting junior college players, guys that were older and played junior college. Now it's the transfer portal. So if you look at that question, Dana, it's, it's like kind of NIL gives the, gives the resources back to the big schools and then transfer portal kind of balances it out. So um, it's an interesting uh, dynamic that's happening in basketball everywhere now. And, 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 and just to kind of round that off, Mo, that's kind of what we talked about doing the uh, Final Four run we, when we saw some of these upstart teams that had a lot of transfers on that has kind of made these guys able to to win a game. They may not win a series, but they got good enough players to win a game. Yeah, and you, like, in college, it's hard to, to you know, in old school, you recruit a high school player, he's probably not going to be able to help you for two years. Well, you can go on the transfer portal, and that guy can come in and be your leading scorer this year. And it happens, you know. I mean, Kansas, you know, the, the disappointment I had and everything, you know, they had a transfer from uh, Texas A&M, I think, you know, that was their third leading score at Kansas. So, you know, even stuff out. Hey, hey Paul, if you were a a college coach at a big-time program out of Kansas, that's your alma mater, or, or UCLA or Kentucky, would you go after the the one and the guy you know is probably only going to be there for one year? Depends how good he is. I mean, if he can, if he can play and be a starter for a year – and, and is the right attitude and fit for me. Because let's face it, you know, a lot of those one and dones think they're already in the NBA. And if they have that attitude, I don't want to deal with them. I, will, I would rather go get, if I'm at, if, say I'm at UCLA, you know, and, you know, I'm going to get this five star one and done who thinks he's all that. I think he's good, but, and he'll probably be one and done and go in the middle of the first round. Okay. You know, he can help my team win, but his attitude is going to be different. And I can go get someone that, maybe played at uh, North Carolina last year and averaged 12 points and eight rebounds, I'm going to go get that kid. He can help me win right now, and I'll keep my job. Yeah. Uh, Dana, Vitello does not like the portal. It gives, it gives the other kids opportunities. Coaches change job all the time. I agree with you, Dana. I like the fact that kids get other opportunities if coaches get portals. I also think it's a downside, too, though, Mo, because it makes this so easy for you to just kind of not push through on some issues, uh, on some yeah, situations. I think you can give up easily, and I think there's value in fighting through some circumstances and succeeding at the end. Um, there's value in that, and that's basketball value and life value, by the way, because when you're in life, there is no transfer portal in life. You have your life. That's it. You can't transfer portal. So she got to stick it out and get better. I mean, a lot, long story short, you know, my second year at Kansas, I, I, I struggled. I came home for Christmas uh, and I almost transferred, um, you know, because I was frustrated. 
And, and I'm so glad I did it. And I'm glad I stuck it out. It made me a better player, made me a better person. Um, and, and I think it used to be a red flag that players in college tra transferred two times. Now there's guys that transfer four times. However, uh, I think they're changing that, Dana. Next year, I think you can only transfer twice. That's all. So that's going to eliminate some of that. Uh, Chris, I have to admit, I'm not a monster fan of the portal. As a feel of guys giving up season on their schools, kind of what you said, especially the guys. That's kind of what most. Uh, 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 and, and, and Chris, that's a lot. That's AAU. I, I've, I've worked with AAU before, the young basketball in the, in the country. And, you know, there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. And by bad, I mean in the AAU. Uh, you know, I hate to say LeBron, but someone. You know, you can players bounce around teams. I'm going to play with the with the uh, 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 New Mexico Roadrunners this weekend, and we're going to play in a tournament in Las Vegas. And then I'm going to play with the California uh, Cappers and, and go play in, in North Carolina next week. I'm just going to play on all these teams, you know, instead of one yeah. team. And now it's carried over. The portal does that for college players, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dana Smith, thank you. No, thank you, Dana. We appreciate your uh, comments. We appreciate all you guys' comments uh, out there. These are my guys, man. These are my guys. Steve Schroeder already making his prediction. Uh, Marquette's going to win it all next year. I, I like I, Steve. I you know Nevada Smith, my good friend, is assistant there. I thought they had a shot this year. They were playing well at the right time, but you know upsets this year were crazy. But yeah, I, I think Marquette has it. You know, I, how about Marquette and Kansas in the finals next year? Yes. <laughs> and Mo. Uh, Steve also has one more. Milwaukee and Boston, who you guys picking? Well, you Come guys on. know. You know who Mo is picking. Come on, man. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Steve, I'm going to tell you something else. Why? Uh, because when you look at the brackets, uh, in my opinion, Milwaukee and Boston are the two top teams. They're deep. They're talented. They've been there before. Philadelphia is right behind them, right? So if you look at brackets in the NBA playoffs to get to the finals, you have to play for another two months. Your season is another two months long. Couldn't be 28 games. So you need to get through a series as quickly as you can, injury-free, and on an upswing. Well, uh, let's look at, at the past that they have. So, um, you know, Milwaukee's going to play, you know, Miami or Atlanta in the first round. And then they're going to play the winner of the Cavs Knicks, right? Okay, there's you know five six game series there, but come on, man, I don't think I don't think Miami, Atlanta, Cavs, Knicks are going to uh, take the Bucks to seven games. So that's their road to the Eastern Finals. Whereas Boston is going to play Miami or Atlanta probably in the first round. Then they're going to play the winner of the Nets and Philly, which in my opinion is going to be Philly. So before you're going to get to the Bucks, you're going to have to have a seven game series. Button heads with with Philly, Boston is, and guys can get hurt and get fatigued, and so hopefully they'll be all beat up by the time they get the Bucks. So there's another, not only because I am a Buck, but because that kind of scenario too. Yeah, and and let's get let's get to the uh, the playoffs. Uh, let's start with the uh, 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 play-ins and. Uh, Mo, I'm gonna just throw the matchups, matchups out to you, and uh, get get your thoughts on them as we kick it, tip everything off tomorrow, 7:30, first game, the uh, eight seed Atlanta Hawks at the seven seed Miami Heat. Who wins that game? I, I want Miami is a mystery to me this year. Miami's at home. Miami's at home. Yeah, they're at home. They have, they've had a talent. I don't know why they they're to me, Miami is like the Clippers. They have a good roster, you know, good talent, uh, you know, you know, uh, good coaches and uh, they, they haven't succeeded. So my gut says, you know, Miami, especially at home, but I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta upsets them. But you know what? Uh, in the NBA, people that don't know in the NBA, there's a lot of cities that um, cause problems to teams. L.A., Miami, <laughs> and Atlanta. So 
that could be a factor too, depending on how young your team is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that he would be. Uh, uh, I think that he would get in tomorrow. Um, are, are they healthy though? Isn't uh, Miami is? Uh, is it George Hurt or? Well, Paul George has heard it in Philly. I mean, in uh, Paul George yeah. is going to miss the first series in L.A. Yeah, so that affects them. But I think my, someone got hurt in Miami, too. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check that out. But let's go to game two. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Number eight, Timberwolves at the Lakers. Well, the Lakers really improved. They started out 2-10. and 10. They were 3-13. and 13. They actually finished four games over 500. I never thought they'd sniff 500. Well, I never thought they'd be able to dump Westbrook uh, because uh, no offense to Westbrook, right? He's, he's a good player. He competes and all that. He didn't just didn't fit with the Lakers. No, he can't shoot, makes bad decisions. LeBron wants to handle the ball. He just didn't fit, never did. So it was, they were always trying to squeeze a square peg in a round hole, and it was frustrating for everybody. So, you know, he's not there. And then they had some good young talent on the Lakers, but it was young. They made some trades and got some older, mature talent that plays defense and has maturity and have been there before. And, uh, you know, they picked up D'Angelo Russell, who is a very, very good player. So their roster looks 10 times better than it did two months ago, which is, a uh, you know, a credit to the GM there. And, uh, you know, if AD can stay healthy, they can make a run at the West for sure. And, and so was just getting him off the roster and they added good players just changed the whole team. It's there's a team is, is a unique thing. You know, it's, it's talent. It's talent that fits in well. And it's uh, um, there's a feel if, like you could tell. Look at the Dallas Mavericks. Look at how frustrated they were. Every game was like frustration city. And you got to play 80 games, you get frustrated. It's not fun. Sometimes you get better uh, uh, by eliminating some of the frustration. Not, not Westbrook as the person, but just Westbrook as the fit. Trying to make him fit. Trying to make him fit. Trying to make him fit. You get frustrated. So now you don't have to make him fit. Can he come off the bench? Is he a starter? Does he make too much money? Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to think about that anymore. You just got to think about winning games. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Ricky, I mean, NBA is <clears throat> different than people think. It's on the court games, yeah. But it's practices, locker room, uh, airplanes, hotels, meetings in the morning. All that stuff is all in that to make everything go like the way you want it to go. It's not just talent on the court. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And, and he is a, uh, he's a, he's a great example of that. Uh, okay, let's get uh, to the, uh, you, you got the Lakers winning that one tomorrow. Did a good job with their young roster. They didn't have Chet Holmgren all year. Uh, you know, they got in the play in, which I think is a success for them. So, whatever happens from here is really, I mean, that kind of playing with house money and finish. Uh, New Orleans 440. Once again, Zion Williamson has not been able to stay healthy for the uh, Pelican. Your thoughts on that game? Well, I think, you know, Zion just can't stay healthy. His body is not built for basketball. He lands too hard, all that stuff. And OKC, you look at the average, their, their uh, age is like a college team, 19, 20. <clears throat> they have all this young talent. So if you can get them in the playoffs, if you can get them to win a game and get some experience, then that's all building for next year. And they also have like 5,000 draft picks. So, you know, so they have, they have some value there, but uh, you know, they, you know, for a young team, they, they've come a long way. Um, I think uh, they, they could, they could beat New Orleans and then it'll be interesting to see Minnesota after they lose to the Lakers, 
if they get Gobert back, uh, that would be a good game, uh, Minnesota against OKC. So uh, we'll see on that one. Okay. All right. And then after that, let's get to some of the playoffs scenarios that we do know. Um, we'll stay in the East uh, starting uh, Saturday. Nets and Sixers. These two teams have a lot of uh, history with each other, considering Ben Simmons and and uh, uh, James Hart, uh, uh, Harden used to play for uh, the respective teams. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, is Ben Simmons playing? <laughs> I know he's I out for the year too. He might never play a game again. Sorry, he'll never. He might never play again, but. I mean, uh, the Nets, after that big trade and after the Ben Simmons deal and, and after KD demanding out and Kyrie demanding out and getting rid of Harden, they did a great job of ending up where they ended up. They have a lot of good players that, you know, they don't have superstars anymore. But you know what? Before they did the uh, Harden, KD, all that, they were known as a team of good players with a mentality of winning mentality and building. That's what they were. Well, guess what? That's what they are again. Uh, but however, all that, all, uh, you know, Shangri-La and everything, they're not going to beat Philly. So, you know, I see that as a five or six game series. Philly getting primed for the Boston series next. <clears throat> Philly. And <clears throat> uh, B's playing great. They got a deep roster. Uh, Maxie's playing great. Harden is leading the league in assists again by 11-something. So he's actually filled his role like he wanted to. Um, I think they will have to have him step up. If they're going to be Boston, he needs to have some games where he scores 30, which he hasn't done lately. Uh, but, uh, you know, Philly will, Philly will take care of that series pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. It, it looks like they're on a collision course with the Celtics, who are um... – going to uh, have to face either the Heat or Hawks uh, in this series that starts Saturday. Yeah, I think... The Celtics are going to be either one of those teams. And the deal with the Celtics is, here's what you, you don't want to mess around. We don't want to mess around. We can sweep them great, five games at the most, gentlemen sweep to just get it over with so we can prepare for Philly. That's what their mentality is. And if you look at their team, I mean, and they got better too. I mean, I'm looking at their roster, right? You got Tatum, you got Brown, you got Smart, you got Robert Williams, who's back at the center position. Uh, you got Brogdon, who's a great addition. Uh, you got Derek White from, from last year, Grant Williams from last year. You picked up Mike Muscala, who's a great player, Al Horford, and then Blake Griffin has his like fifth or sixth life, right? <laughs> So, you know, they're just a deep, deep uh, veteran team, uh, you know, that, you know, they're, they're going to make their run at the, at the championship. And, you know, I, I think that that Boston Philly series is going to be like old times. Robert Parrish and Moses Malone and Bird and Dr. J and, you know, not those kinds of players or personalities, but that kind of battle. I can yeah. see that going seven games and, the, the fans in Philly and the fans in Boston, it's going to be like old school. I look forward yeah. to that series. Yeah. I, I, I think another good matchup is going to be this 4-5 matchup with the Knicks, the 5 seed, and the Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of, part of the Mavericks problem is they let Brunson go, who's having a career season and has scored, I think, 60 or whatever like that, and uh, what's the other player for the Knicks? Um, Julius Randle. Yeah, he just had 50 or something. So, And you know what's really neat is getting the, the New York Garden back in the playoffs and seeing Spike Lee on the court. And, you know, and you know they've been around. They, they have an old-school coach. And then you have the Cavs, who are one of the most exciting young teams in the league and probably can put five guys on the court that could compete with everybody. They're just not as deep as a lot of teams. But you know what? The Knicks are, aren't either. So that's going to be an interesting coaching matchup. It's going to be interesting young versus old. But, um, you know, 
either one of those are just preparing to get uh, blown out by the buck, so no worries. <laughs> hey, hey, Mo, and now let uh, Saturday, uh, a Western Conference matchup, and here's the chance for the first so-called upset because the six-seed Warriors are going to open up against the two-seed. The number two-seed Sacramento Kings is in a number great number season for the Kings in the, the playoffs for the first time in 20, 20 years. Yeah, Sacramento's the third seed. Yeah. Third seed, third seed, yeah. yes. Yeah, and Sacramento had a great year. Uh, Coach Brown did a great job with that group. They can really, really score, um, but they don't play very much defense. So guess what the Warriors do? They can really, really score, and they don't play much defense. So, uh, and if, if we get in that type of game, I'm picking Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and the Warriors over Sacramento pretty handily. The problem with the Warriors, that's another one of my teams, though. I don't know what the hell is going on on the road where they can't win a road game. It's ridiculous. Their record, they had the worst road record than anybody. Now, they cleaned it up and had a couple good road wins at the end of the season, but um, I mean, let's, you know, you're going to have to win one uh, because Sacramento has the home court. So, you know, that could throw a little twist in it, but I have, I have the Warriors with their experience and their scoring being able to come out of that series. Yeah. And, and their experience seems to really look like it's going to be a factor in this series. And here's a factor too. And hopefully they get Wiggins back. Old State needs to get Wiggins back. It was a big factor last year uh, and some been having some problems. And also uh, Gary Payton II, who they traded for late in the season, who's been hurt. Uh, uh, if they get him back, he's a defensive-minded player and a, and a player they all love. That That's two big factors. If they get those guys back, the Warriors are a threat in the West for sure. Okay. Uh... We, we talked about the Bucks are going to play the eight seed in, in the East, and, and they're going to handle whomever they see. Uh, as well as the Nuggets, they'll get the eight seed out of the West. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, as long as long as the Lakers, if the Lakers are the eight seed, I can see them upsetting Denver. But I think they, I think the Lakers will be the seventh seed. So. Yeah. Okay, um, Lakers, Timberwolves winner will take on the Grizzlies. Yeah. You, you're not too high on the Grizzlies. Not with, not with uh, Adams out. You know, John Moran, one of the, the most exciting players and everything, but, um, you know, uh, do you think the Lakers are afraid of John Moran? No. You know, I mean, if AD stays healthy, um, uh, they get D'Angelo Russell back. Um, LeBron is playing through whatever injury he has, the role players they have. You know, Memphis is not at full strength. So, you know, that could be a good series. But I have the Lakers coming out of that series, too. Maybe I'm old school. I got the Warriors and Lakers. I don't know. Another good matchup, Mo, to go uh, as we look at our final series. Uh, the Clippers and the Suns. This game, this uh, series starts this Sunday. The five seed Clippers at the Suns. Suns are eight zero when Kevin Durant plays, and he will be playing. But the Clippers are a dangerous team. The Clippers. They, are not, they won't have Paul George in this series. Yeah, that that hurts them. So Kawhi Leonard has to step up, and then and please no load management Kawhi during the playoffs. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, the Clippers are, are a mystery, too, just like Miami, because you look at their roster at the beginning of the year, and, and you know, okay, you know, the, and the money they spent on the Clippers roster is amazing. Um, you know, not having Paul George is going to hurt them, um, you know, and, uh, but they can give, they can give the Suns problems, but let, look at the Suns, I mean, they had to give up a couple role players that hurt them. But they kept their core together. They got Chris Paul, one of the better point guards, getting older, made injury prone now. He's still one of the best point guards in the league when he's healthy. Uh, Booker, uh, who is one of the best scorers in the league, you know, he matches with anybody, right? Then you got uh, 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 AJ, uh, 
Peyton, who was one of the better centers and shot blocker, rebounder, those three spots. And then just to add, you picked up uh, KD, one of the best players in basketball, period. And he can play point guard or five, wherever he wants, and score 40. So, you know, that roster right there is, is you know, if they stay healthy, uh, you know, they, they, they're dangerous. That could be a, that could be a great, if, if the Suns stay healthy, that could be a short series. If they're banged around a little bit, it could be a really, really good series to watch. Uh, Chris, oh, come on, man. I'm sorry, but when I think of the kids, I Why don't you think of Vladi Divac and Chris Weber and, and, uh, and uh, Stojakovic and those guys, man, when they were good. Come on, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on. Clippers just like the Kings. A legacy of terrible Kings, but no Benjamin and Keith Law. <laughs> uh, I mean, it seems like, I mean, they, I mean before Obama, right, he spent, the owner spent like $8 trillion. <laughs> when he picked up Kawhi Leonard, he, thought, he would have thought he won the championship, but he didn't know about Kawhi's load management. <laughs> but you know, things change. You, you remember, Mo, when, when we were in college, Tampa was the worst team in the NFL. I think they lost like 26, 20, 30 straight games in a row. And, and you remember as John McKay, the former USC coach, who was coach of the Bucks, they said, Coach McKay, what do you think about your team's execution? He said, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you now people think of Tampa Bay as a, a model franchise of us the well, building. So things can change, Chris. Yeah, for a little while they did. They don't think of that anymore, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, well, number 12 is gone, too. So. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, uh, 10 years, whenever I was with, with the Mavericks, I mean, we played the uh, Kings in a really good playoff series. I and mean, their crowd in Sacramento is phenomenal. And, you know, it's good to get, like, Sacramento's back in, the Knicks. You know, teams like that that uh, you know have been out for a while. So, and 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 and, and Golden State better not sleep on on, on the Kings because the Kings can score. Yeah, that's I mean, what do. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I say Wiggins is important and uh, uh, Peyton the second uh, is important because you know. But you know, let's let's face it, that series is going to be a shootout, right? You know, usually in the playoffs you get low hundreds, you know, 105, 108. These games are going to be in the 130s, probably. Yeah, the 2000 keys, they were fun to watch. Yep. Jason yeah. Williams, Pazia, Seawell. Doug Christie. Yeah. Doug Christie on defense. Nope, Bobby nope. Jackson. Bobby Jackson off the bench. Yeah. Oh, man, he was a good player. Yeah. Hey, talk about know your role, Bobby Jackson. Yeah, off the bench, score 25, faster than you can turn your head. Know your role. Man, Mo, we. This hour has just jetted by, as usual. Uh, just some tremendous questions and comments from uh, the viewers out there. And, man, we thank you guys for each and every one. Spread the word, guys. Spread the word, man. We're on every Monday. Yeah. Uh, come back and uh, see us next Monday. We'll be here. Chris says uh, Bobby Jacks in Minnesota. Yeah, he played in Minnesota, uh, uh, too. Uh, yeah, come back next Monday. We'll be here, and you never know when you might see it. There's just some breaking news. Me and more get on here and break this stuff down for you too. So yeah. go to the our Facebook page. We got next at Facebook with uh, Paul Mokeski and Ricky Hampton. Uh, you can get us there. And Chris, thank you very much. Fun watching. Listen, guys, thank you, Chris. And don't forget, you can get us on the Believe uh, Sports Network. That's B-L-E-A-V dot uh, com. In fact, I'm going to type it in right now. Believe dot com. We're on, we're on iHeartRadio, Apple Radio, we're on all those. Uh, this is live, and those are all podcasts later. Yeah, so any in all those places, you can, you can find us. But Mo, I got to get out of here. I got another show coming up. Thank you so That's much. Because you're, you're in such demand, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> From Big Mo, the great Paul Mokeski, I'm Rick Hampton. Good night. Peace, guys. everybody. Have a great evening. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.